Hi everyone, welcome to the Paddle Pod, your weekly podcast covering professional paddle presented by Hugo and Gons. We're on to episode 31 and as always I'm joined by my co-host Hugo. It's great to have you here. How are you doing today? I'm very well, thanks Gons. I mean we're 31 episodes in and I'm still loving it as much as the first day when we started so that's definitely a good sign and I hope it's the same for all our listeners and viewers. I've also just come back from playing a paddle match and, um, well, sorry, fortunately it went well. We won. It was a bit of a spanking as per se, 6-1-6-1. And I've got to be honest, the ratings of these players on Playtomic were really not very right because they were, they were almost a five. Each, like both players were almost a five and they were, pretty bad and I'm not saying it just I'm not trying to say that I'm an unbelievably good player and I you know always play really well but it really wasn't a reflective score for their for their level um, because actually it was quite funny one of them had the new ASICS shoes the pink ones like bright pink new yep. the new Lebanon bat and honestly he was really poor so <laughs> it was quite enjoyable was it the first time he was using that bat? Well, I don't know. It looked brand new, but yeah. And also, he just kept on complaining that the balls were really flat. And there was, you know, at various points during the match, I said, obviously, feel free to go and buy new ones. I just didn't think it made sense, given that they only have one game. And he was like, nah, nah, it's okay. Just one of those classic players who are just making excuses throughout the whole match. But anyway bit of a long intro but I thought I'd share <laughs> yeah we love it and uh, it's always useful I think or it's always nice to have those kind of games where uh, you clearly have someone that apparently they've got a good rating and you just thrash them so then your rating could take could take a nice little boost but uh, yeah every every once in a while it's kind of nice but I think obviously you always want to be playing the the good matches the the tough matches tough opposition so you can strive to get better but uh yeah i can uh i can imagine at least that time must have been like a pretty nice feeling it was a good feeling although i was quite bored by by <laughs> the end of it i much prefer playing players that are better than me i'm sure you do too yeah. because that's what really makes you a better player but i just really enjoyed his new kit i i just wonder whether that's actually helped him at all. Maybe you should get a bat that's a bit more manoeuvrable because, as we know, Lebron's bat is apparently quite tough to handle. Well, legends say that Lebron himself can't even handle it. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. And actually, I know we hadn't really kind of said that we were going to talk about this, but I thought maybe given that Adidas have just released their new bats for next season, I don't know whether you've seen them, Gons. They were literally released today. Really? I haven't. I, yeah. So basically, Adidas released all their new bats for 2024. Obviously, the most important ones being Galantz, Alex Ruiz, and Marta Ortega, who are their three key players. I really like Galantz. I think there's kind of two versions of Galantz. I really want, really like the one that's mainly black with a tiny bit of red, but it's a much darker red than the current red that he uses this season and Alex Reef follows on the same trend 
there's still a lot of orange. And I do like Marta Ortega's as well. It's quite round. And it's got quite a cool kind of blue going through it. So, yeah, I, I got to say I enjoyed them. They'll obviously be playing with the new bats in this week's Milan Premier Paddle Tournament. Nice. Well, that's actually great to hear because I had no idea. So I definitely, after we're, we're done with this podcast, I'm definitely going to go and check them out. Very curious to see what Adidas have come up with because surprisingly, I think they've been very late to the party. I think that last year they released it as well um, at the Milan P1. But yeah, it's... Uh, they did indeed. It is very surprising that they're they're definitely one of the brands that takes the longest to release when a lot of them are even by September, like uh, Knox, for example, released theirs in the Masters, in the Madrid Masters. So uh, yeah, quite, quite interesting. And I'll definitely check it out. But... Maybe let's start now with the with the part and what we wanted to discuss today. <laughs> uh, but it was still very nice to chat all those things as I I always love it, Hugo. You know that. Um, but yeah, the first thing that we wanted to speak about was um, Javi Garrido's interview. He had a very interesting interview with uh, Marca a couple of days ago. I think, uh, yeah, obviously it's always great to see when when players have a bit of rest uh, and are in between tournaments that they they speak to the media. Uh, very insightful, the kind of things that they always say are, as well towards this sort of end, the end of the season because they get asked a lot about the future and, and who they're going to play with. But uh, yeah, I think I wanted to start the... Well, one of the first things that captured my, my attention I wanted to ask you was... Garrido gave himself a a grade of the season and it was a seven. He said seven or eight, even though he did mention that he accomplished his objective of getting to the Masters final. So uh, I wanted to ask you, what would you give him? You know what? That's a great question. And when, so it's quite strange because when I read the rating he gave himself, so seven or eight, I thought, oh, that's a bit harsh. I mean, you've never Same. made the Masters final. It's the first time in your career. You're, you've played probably the best matches of your career this season. And you're giving yourself a seven or an eight. So initially, I thought that is a bit unfair. Maybe that's a bit harsh. I would probably give him more something like an 8.5. I wouldn't give him a nine because I feel that he still hasn't fulfilled his potential in the sense that when he's playing really, really well, and we've spoken about this in a number of our episodes, but when he's playing really, really well, the top, top players really struggle to beat him because he's so powerful that when his smash and his volleys are, when he's feeling it, basically, when he's feeling his attacking play, he's almost a player because he's super aggressive and there's not much you can you can do to stop him. I remember a few games where that he played with Campagnolo, particularly, because they were actually playing really well together as a pair. And it was such a shame that they weren't able to play was it that was it the semi final of the Valladolid Master? Yeah. I correct. think it was. Yeah, such a shame that they they pulled out due to Campagnolo's injury, which then turned out to be really serious. But yeah, going back to Javi Garrido's rating. Probably about an 8.5 or a 9 for me. I thought it was harsh. Although, given that he hasn't fulfilled his potential, at least in my eyes, I wouldn't give him a 9. So now in hindsight, I'm thinking, 
if I'm giving in an 8.5 and he gave himself a 7 or it's not that dissimilar. I don't know what your thoughts are, Gons. Yeah, I sort of was a bit surprised, but at the same time, I really like that he's been harsh on himself. I think he realizes as well how much he he needs to work to become number one, and I really like that as a as a player. I think yeah, he's got tremendous potential as you've highlighted, and the fact that he's not necessarily complacent that he's gone to the Masters final for the first time, even though he did say that was his objective and. Arguably, that is an incredible achievement. So the fact he's only giving himself a seven or an eight, I think that just speaks about his motivation and his his mentality, which I really enjoyed. I think similar to you, I agree that I would give him definitely a bit higher than a seven or an eight, but I wouldn't go towards the nine. I think as you point out, 8.5 is probably, I think, the, the objectively fair grade to him. Um, but yeah, I think... That was quite interesting when when he said that. And yeah, so that's why I wanted to to get your opinion on it. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, I, I fully agree with you. I think an 8.5 would probably be a fair rating in my eyes. I did also quite enjoy the when he mentioned that the player he really doesn't like to play against is Paquito Navarro because he thinks he his head-to-head with Paquito is 16 to love to Paquito. I mean, that just must feel so bad, so depressing. <laughs> I think at that point, if you're tracking it, it's just such a mental thing. I just feel like every time he gets on court, he's just thinking about it and it could potentially just be an even bigger blocker than than it should be. But uh, but yeah, I think uh, is. uh yeah, it's f- fair enough. Uh, probably needs to work a, a bit more to to get the Paquito's side. Um, but yeah, I think... I mean, at the same time, it is Paquito. Right? Yeah, yeah. One of the greatest players ever. So, I mean, that, I'd just be happy true. to be playing against Paquito because that would mean <laughs> you'd be playing a main draw at a World Paddle Tour Premier Paddle event, right? <laughs> yeah, no doubt. No doubt of that one for sure. And uh, moving on, I thought the the other interesting, another interesting bit of the of the interview, and I think definitely probably the highlight of the interview for me was uh, his comments around his partnership with Momo. I thought it was quite uh, funny that he, when he was asked about the project, he literally started saying, "Well, it's not really a project; it's more of a solution." Uh, that both of the players found at that particular time and, and given that the circumstances circumstances that they were going through. So I think that to me already just highlights what he currently thinks of the partnership and um, what he's probably thinking about the future. I think there's other bits as well in the interview where he clearly lays, lays out that he's still very, he's basically the player who's going to play with in 2024, still very much in the air. He mentions that everyone is sort of waiting on Lebron Angalan and what they're going to do, because if, if you potentially get a call from them, that can just change everything, which that's completely fair enough, I get. But uh, yeah, the question that came to my mind is, do you think Momo and Javier Garrido are going to stay together? And should they stay together? Again, such a good question. And I thought it was quite a harsh way 
to start answering that question. I mean, I don't know whether I'm remembering this incorrectly, but I don't know whether you saw the video that Garrido Momo basically did when they were interviewed by our colleague Pablo from El Cuarto Set when they started playing together. And they was they basically spoke about how it come across, etc. They were both like super happy, super buzzy. Garrido was saying that Momo is a fantastic player, that he could definitely adapt to the man side of the court and he just basically needs to to kind of acompañarle, so just be there because Momo is such a good player. And now he's saying this. I am really surprised. I also get the feeling that this could mean that Momo won't be playing on the forehand side of the court in 2024 because if he's not taking this project seriously, then maybe it was just due to the circumstances and he'll be going back to the backhand side of the court. So, yeah, very surprised to read Kavi Garrido's interview and, and these words. In terms of whether they're going to stick together for 2024, it's so hard because this waterfall effect that the Galan and Lebron separation would cause, if it happened, would just be brutal. And it would be even more brutal if Lebron, as rumours are indicating, suddenly decided to switch to the backhand side of the court because you'd have one less forehand player and how that could affect the whole thing. So it's really hard to predict. I think that if the doubts are in his mind already, they won't be playing together. It's what I started saying when we were talking about Lebron Angolan. Once you start doubting yourself, I just think it's a bit hard to then be like, actually, no, I'm going to go back. And yes, actually, I do believe in this project, which I just called not a project. So <laughs> I don't think they'll be playing together. And sorry, what was the second question, Gons? Well, should they stick together? Should they stick together? Of course. Again, tough question. I have seen them play some good matches. For example, that match, well, particularly recently, that match against the Super Pibes where Sebasso yeah. did that high serve. That first set, which they lost in the tie break, they were sensational. I really thought they were going to win it. And so it really shows that they can compete with the top dogs, at least if they're playing really well. But should they stick together? I really do think it massively depends on how comfortable Momo feels on the forehand side of the court and also on their options in terms of pairs. Because if Momo suddenly had the opportunity to, say, go back with Alex Reith, who has probably been the most successful partner he's had and the partner that he's felt the most comfortable with, then I would definitely do that. And then, for example, if Garrido suddenly had the chance to go and play with someone like John Sanz or Yanguas even, they're actually forehand players and focused on playing on the forehand side of the court. So they would potentially be more consistent in my eyes than Momo. But I do really believe in Momo and I do really think he can do damage on the forehand side of the court. So I'm not fully set. But that would probably be my kind of initial thoughts on that. Yeah, I think one point that you did mention, which could potentially be even more beneficial for, for Momo, and I thought was interesting, 
is the fact that if LeBron does decide to change, that opens up that forehand player bracket a lot more and obviously makes these players more valuable just because there are less of them. So it could very well be that Momo decides that he wants to try that out. I think for me, that's the key. I think that it all depends on does Momo want to invest time essentially and stick to the right-hand side or is he going to go back to to being a left-sided player? I think though from Garrido's point of view, it definitely does seem like he's waiting for something else and he's waiting for something better. I think those comments just very much echoing out there that look, if there's anything uh, out there that that essentially is, is better for me, I, I will take it and potentially could be so that later on um, in the future he can fall back and say, look, uh, I, I never guaranteed anything. I never said that I was going to stay together. So I think he li- he leaves his doors very open uh, for, for a potential uh, change. And I think that very well be uh, I, th- I think that's what probably will end up happening uh, because uh, I'm not sure that Momo is going to stick to to the right hand side if I'm honest but he probably if Le- if Lebron changes I think he definitely should because he beca- he can become like a very attractive uh, player for, for for even those that are like up top and obviously if he takes time and invest maybe a whole preseason playing there obviously he can he can become even better yeah, I agree. That's that's a really good point because if Lebron moved over to the other side, maybe he would pair up with players further up the ladder. The question is, who would they be? Because if rumours arise and Galan takes Chingoto and Paquito takes Sanyo, then who would be the next down in the order for Momo? Would it be Deyo? I just... Yeah, I'm not 100% sure who that could be. I almost feel that further down the pecking order, the more attractive prospects are on the forehand side of the court because you've got John Sanz, probably most improved player this season. You've got Yanguas, who I have a massive, massive trust in. And even Alex Reef, who I'm not the biggest fan of. He's a sensational player, but I just think he hasn't had a great season and his ceiling... He might have hit his ceiling, but I, yeah, I, I just I struggle to see consistency in the backhand players further down the ladder. We're talking about Tello, when we're talking about Garrido. Yeah, I don't know. Bella's also probably out of question now. Don't know. Don't know what you think about that, Gons. Well, I could see maybe Paquito and Sanjo if they don't last very long. I could see Paquito maybe taking a chance on someone like Momo if he does like show a bit more improvement because I think that a good point. Momo's got the physical side to him which uh, is something that I think Paquito appreciates a lot for, for players that play on the right. So I think that's definitely one option for him and I, I wouldn't be surprised if Paquito and Sanyo don't last very long just because it's such a exp- <laughs> explosive mix. You just really don't know what you're going to get. So uh, so maybe that's like something there. Potentially, I mean, maybe this is really going far out, but Lebron, if he decides to go on, on the left, I don't know, and there's like no better option out there. Maybe they're both from... But surely they just... 
don't you think that surely they'd just play on their natural sides? Momo would go back to the backhand and Lebanon would just stick to the forehand. I mean, how stupid would that be? Just a switch over. <laughs> well, actually, you know, what, what would be quite funny is if, that, if they would play maybe like tennis or they'd play different matches switching it out just for the pure uh, randomness. You know how obviously a lot of players have mentioned that a big thing is like you don't really know until you figure someone out, it's just so it's really hard to play them, and uh, maybe that could be that could become a thing, and it could become a wider trend. But I have a feeling that Lebron just really wants to go to the left. Like for all the rumors that are coming out there, I think that he really wants to play play on the left. So um, so yeah, let, let's see how all of that unfolds. But I think it's definitely looking likely that um, Garrido and and Momo are not going to stick together for twenty twenty four. Yep, I agree. Should we maybe move on to Alex Ruiz's interview unless there's anything else that we've missed from Garrido's? Well, there's a last thing that I do want to mention, which I thought was also very interesting, was uh, his take on less tournaments being played. So he was asked, obviously, that this year's calendar has been very demanding. Garrido personally has been quite affected by by all the all the injuries especially as you've mentioned in the beginning Campagnolo where they were both playing the the, the best paddle of the season and in the end they couldn't play that semi-final uh, because uh, Campagnolo got injured so uh, that meant that Garrido went to different pairs and he's overall had like uh, I think I was mentioning seven or eight pairs if I'm not mistaken uh, eight, which is Something crazy like that. Uh, so so yeah, I think one of the, well one of the questions that he was asked was um, ahead of the new twenty twenty four calendar. It seems like less tournaments are going to be played. Are you happy about that? And he obviously seemed very happy. But one of the things he mentioned is that he thinks the level of paddle will just be better because um, less tournaments will mean obviously players are going to be, not going to be as uh, as injured but also they're going to be able to train more and he thinks that that will obviously bring a, a better level of paddle which i thought was was quite interesting on the flip side obviously it could mean that there there are less surprises let's say on a week to week basis or on a tournament basis though if i'm honest with you given that the amount, as we've seen from the the players that have won tournaments this season, I don't think it'll be any worse or much more different because <laughs> we haven't had a lot of options in terms of actual winners out there. So yeah, I thought uh, was very interesting, and and I think I do agree with him that we should expect a a better level of paddle. I don't know if you agree, Hugo. Totally agree. To be honest, with the whole analysis, literally everything that Garrido said, and. I am just looking forward to having one unified calendar and ranking, mainly for the players, because you just don't like seeing injuries like the injuries we've seen. And, for example, Cabagnolo's injury, where he had a rupture in his, basically in his stomach, in his stomach muscles. And that just must have been so painful. He was talking about it, and apparently it was due to over... Uh, overuse really and too much training too much playing so they're going to be very happy on the flip side as a viewer probably see and watch less paddle which I'm not particularly thrilled about 
But I think I'm just going to have to think about the basically the wider picture. And Sanyo spoke about it a few times, saying that he thinks players today are going to last. But they're basically going to play for fewer years compared to players like him, like Bella, because they will have so many minutes in their tank that their bodies are just going to be more broken down when they get older. So if it means that we have fewer tournaments per year, but players last longer and they're injured less, then it's definitely, definitely a positive. And more quality, quality matches as well. I think it's definitely a positive. I agree, although matches are already so good that I just... They are. I've got to be honest, I don't understand how they're going to get that much better, but I'm excited to see it. <laughs> exactly. Nice. Yes, so moving along, we also had Alex Ruiz giving an interview to Diario As, um, Alex Ruiz, which is now part of the Nadal's Hexagon Cup team. Uh, for those uh, listeners out there, if uh, you haven't heard about the Hexagon Cup, it will be a a new tournament organized by, I think, Paquito Navarro and Ale Salazar mainly, where essentially teams composed of owners, uh, so celebrities, you've got football players, you've got tennis players like Andy Murray, you've got just worldwide celebrities, actresses, I think Eva Longoria owns uh, a team as well. And they decide on a franchise player so uh, to, to manage their team. And they can choose between, well, they, they choose a male, a female, and a next-gen uh, player. And then they also other players can get drafted in, into the team. But Alex Ruiz is essentially the franchise player of uh, Rafael Nadal, so the tennis player's uh, team and he gave an interview to to the Ario us uh yeah just uh, talking a bit about that uh which i think by the way i'm i'm very excited for this hexagon cup i think these little uh let's say exhibition tournament like um formats i think that's just going to help paddle a lot i think you're, you're going to see very cool team um team play and yeah just this little break in the season i think will be very exciting this is going to be by the way in i think february i'm not sure if actually before the actual calendar starts or um, yeah so it's i think that's the whole point of it they're they're yeah. playing it it might even be end of january maybe beginning of february but yeah just before the season starts which obviously means a bit more paddle and paddle a bit earlier on in the year which i'm absolutely buzzing about to be honest yeah. And uh, anyways, in the interview as well, similar to Garrido, he was asked uh, about his partnership with Juan Tello. And I guess in a very similar fashion, he he said that he's already talked with Juan Tello and Rodrigo Vide, who's their coach, and they're all happy to continue together. But it all depends on, as always, Leron and Galan <laughs> and what they decide. Because if you get a call from either of them, you're not turning it down. So, uh, Hugo, I guess I'm going to ask you a very similar question. But uh, are Alex Ruiz and Juan Tello going to stick together for 2024? It's a good question. I think they will. And oh. my, the reason for that is because 
I believe they're currently ranked. Are they ranked fifth as fifth as a pair? Maybe sixth World Paddle Tour. They're they're quite cemented in their ranking. That's what I'm trying to say, and which means that they're consistently in the top eight pairs, and they don't have to face any of the big big dogs until the quarterfinals at the earliest, which is always a huge advantage. And I just have a feeling that Gal, if the, if Liberon and Galan separate, it really feels like Galan and Chingoto is a certainty because what it looks like, and Alex Reith alluded to it briefly in his interview with us, he said that basically it seems like the only confirmed partnership beyond the Super Pibes and the Bombarderos is Sanyo and Paquito. We'll see whether that finally gets fully confirmed after the Barcelona Master Final, but it looks like it. So if Galan does indeed go for Chingoto, then I just, I don't really see Lebron calling either of them. I don't think he would, really? Alex Reef would be his. Well, you don't think he would call Alex Reef? I think Lebron would go for Yanguas or John Sanz ahead of Alex Reef. I really, really do. Because this is obviously if he went back to the backhand, because yeah. I do think that John Sanz is currently a level ahead a level above Alex Reef this I'd season. Agree with that. He definitely has been. Although, question marks around whether he's more consistent, but his ceiling's higher. And I just think, I have a feeling that Yangwas's ceiling is still much higher than what we've seen. And I don't know whether it's higher than Alex Reith's, but it could be. So, yeah, I just, I really don't see Leveron going for Alex Reith because I think that if Leveron asked John Sands or Yangwas to team up with him, they would both say yes. So, given that he would maybe be third point ball, this is if Leveron went to the back and. would be on cards so that's my slight doubt but my my head is telling me that they will stick together what do you think wow. that is oh it is a tough question because it the, the question <laughs> that you that you're basically i think that is actually being asked is is lebron going to pair up with alex Reith? i think that's the key i think that alex Reith has basically stated that if if LeBron well or or or, or Galan or, or Galan obviously because um we're we're assuming that LeBron is going to to the left hand side Galan obviously is a left handed player so he would be available for for it to pair up with Alex Ruiz even though that's obviously not looking very likely but but if that doesn't happen definitely I agree that he'll stay with with Teo I don't think there's any anyone out there better suited for him and look all in all they've been. A decent pair. I don't think they've exceeded expectations, but as you mentioned, they're they're established. I think they could definitely give Paquito and Sanyo a run for their money. I think that potentially even if Galan pairs up with Chingoto as well, they could. But the question is, would LeBron moving to the left hand side rather go with, for example, Alex Ruiz? And I'm gonna go with yes. I think. I think I'm gonna go with. Well, I think it's very much between John Santh and Alex Ruiz. 
I hear you on Yanguas. I think Yanguas maybe has still one more year um, of, of really becoming okay. that that elite player. But I do think that we're, we are going to see at some point if Le- LeBron moves to the backhand side, a Le- LeBron and, and Ruiz combination. Obviously, they're both from the south of Spain. And they, I think they, they mentioned uh, they get along quite, quite well. And I think that Alex Ruiz has a lot of potential. I just feel like mentally it's definitely something that that he lacks. But I feel like if he's with someone like Lebron, who's a serial winner, um, just a competitive beast by by nature, I think that will do him really well. Like we've seen Alex Reith perform incredibly well alongside Stupa, alongside Momo. If you look at really the players, like, like, like let's remove like obviously uh, los super pibes and Koyan Tapia, like. Between the all, if you think about like Momo, San, okay, Sanjo because of his like historically and because he, for example, was with Tapia like a couple of years ago. But in terms of like actual titles won, like Alex Ruth is is up there and he's won basically uh, a trophy with with every pair he's he's been with. He's he's gotten like Masters finals um, very far out with, with, for example, with Momo last year in 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 Madrid and um, and Marbella as well. So. I definitely feel like, uh, or oh, sorry, not well, yeah, not last year. Um, I definitely feel that he's a player that, even though this season hasn't gone his best, he definitely has a lot of potential. And uh, I could definitely see someone like LeBron being like, "Look, I'm going to take a chance on you," because John Santh, whereas I do think that he's probably got a better level this season, and um, and yeah, I could see the the ceiling point. I'm not sure if LeBron is going to be able to handle his explosiveness and his, let's just say, craziness uh, for very long. So, uh, so let's see. I mean, it's, it's going to be a very interesting one for sure. I think, oh, I think if LeBron moves to the backhand, it'll basically be between those two. So you wouldn't consider? Well, you said that Yangbus is maybe a level below. I mean, I do totally get your point think- around the fact that Alex Reef has won way more trophies and is a way more consolidated player than John Santh and Yanguas. I really do. I just I just don't know why, but I don't think that Liberon fits Alex Reith's character. I just think Alex Reith might be too nice. <laughs> you think so? Uh, I don't know. I think it, it could bring him like if I think it could bring him like the right edge. I just I feel like that's what he needs. I think Deyo is too nice like as to, to put it in your own yes. words he's just too nice i think alex Reith, if you had someone like lebron who's like a real leader who's really competitive i think that'll just bring like that like side of him that he needs that little edge and that mental um yeah the mental side to to his game that he needs uh so yeah i think uh well let, let's see how, how it unfolds but according to him it does seem like it might be right after the the p1 so I mean, I'm very excited for these partnerships to be confirmed and just speculate throughout the months of December and January who's going to do really well. I, yeah. just, I just love it. It's like transfer season. I just can't <laughs> wait to start listening to, to everything. And actually, I just want to drop in one last thing. It, rumors are suggesting that Bella and Capra are confirmed for next season. Oh, yep. Very. That's a good one. I think that'll be quite interesting as well. Yeah, I mean, Capra has the potential to, 
well, performed really well. And Vela has got the consistency that Gabrad doesn't have. However, I really don't see them making it past the quarterfinals very often at all. Yeah, that, that is true. So uh, shall we move on to the race? We shall. And we've only got a few minutes left. So let's yeah. fly through it. We'll crack on uh, Hugo. He's on seven, 78 points. He's gained another point on me. I'm on 67. So 11 point gap to close out. We've still got two tournaments left. And uh, yeah, I'm going to whiz through this. I'm going to have to stick to just very conservative. And I'm going to go to the first semifinal, Leuron Angalan against Chingoto and Navarro. I'm going to go with uh, two sets to one for Leuron Angalan. And in the second semifinal, I'm going to go with Los Supervives against Coelho Tapia. And I'm going to go for two sets to one, Coelho Tapia. And in the final, I'm going to go with Leuron Angalan, two sets to one. Interesting. So, same semi-finals for me. Two sets to one for Lebron Angalan against Chingoto and Paquito. Two sets to love for Goyan Tapia against the Superbibes. And then the final, the match we all want to watch, Lebron Angalan against Goyan Tapia. I think it will be an epic, but I think Goyan Tapia will win it two sets to one. Nice. So, some points to be won there. And uh, yeah, that's the end of our episode. As always, thank you very much for listening. And Hugo, thank you for being here with me today. Cheers, guys. Pleasure, guns, as always. Have a great week. And please do watch some paddle.